going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice. Welcome in. It's your host, Chad Minton, on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday, first Wednesday of September. We got preseason hockey this month for the National Predators. The regular season is just over a month away. We are almost there, people. We've almost made it. Today on episode 197 of Catfish on Ice, got some really, really big topics to cover for you. This is your host, Chad Minton, brought to you by DraftKings, promo code THPN. And of course, we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You can check out our YouTube channel and hit subscribe to watch exclusive live episodes before it drops on the podcast platforms. And we are on all the podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. All right, I'm really going to focus on the foundation of this Nashville Predators team. And a lot of you might argue that that player is Roman Yossi, but I actually beg to defer. I believe that it's UC Soros and that player known as Juice only has two more years left on his incredibly bargain contract that he's currently under right now. So I want to break down all the possible outcomes that could happen. There's really three major ones that could happen over the course of the next two years before UC Soros hits unrestricted free agency in the summer of 2025. So I know that seems like forever from now, but the Predators front office already right now as we speak need to be thinking about how they're going to re-sign him and how that's going to unfold. So we will break that down. Also, we've got the NHL Ironman himself, Phil Kessel, still out there available as a free agent. And there's been a lot of news lately that Phil Kessel is willing to give up that Ironman streak of over a thousand consecutive games played. And he just wants to play. He just wants to be on the ice, even if it's for a smaller role, even if he is a healthy scratch on certain nights. So we will once again, go back and revisit whether the Nashville Predators should show any interest in bringing Phil the thrill to Smashville. I know the uh, team store would like that. Sell a lot of Phil Kessel jerseys if Phil Kessel comes to the Nashville Predators. We do know that. So we're going to break that down a little bit. The national TV schedule is out for the Predators. So we're going to look at those matchups that will put the Nashville Predators in front of all the national TV audience this year across the networks of TNT, ESPN, and Hulu. So we will look into that. This is, uh, I think, the third year that ESPN and NHL has re renewed their relationship with each other. And it's, you know, it's kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag of results uh, with how that's growing. But still, when you see the Predators on national TV, it builds the fan base. It gets the the, the eyes of the world on this franchise. And so we're going to look into those matchups. And yeah, that's what we got for episode 197 here. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe below. It hit, It really does help a ton for the podcast as we try to grow the catfish and ice community. And we do that through our YouTube viewers and also on the social media airwaves. All right. Got this graphic I'm about to put up here that might blow your mind a little bit. So let's, let's get into it with UC Soros, of course, and what his future looks like with the Predators. He is entering, believe it or not, his eighth NHL season, which is just crazy to think about. Let's put it into comparison with 
the all-time great of the National Predators, and that is, of course, Pecorine. Pecorine was 28 years old, really, when he started to begin his rise into NHL elite company. That was just his second season of full-time duty in the NHL. Pecorine was 28 years old. UC Soros is about to be 28 years old. Just put that in perspective, going into his eighth NHL season. Pretty insane to think about. So, want to put on the bottom of the on, on the screen here, just the highest paid goaltenders in the NHL going into 2023-24. It might blow your mind a little bit. There it is. Highest cap hits for goalies in 2023-24 season. You see Carey Price at the top of the list at 10.5 million for the Montreal Canadiens. That is just an enormous cap hit. I know Carey Price is one of the great goaltenders of this generation, but 10.5 million tied into an aging goaltender for the Canadians is, is, is pretty rough. Number two highest cap hit is Sergei Bobrovsky at 10 million. Now Bobrovsky went through a hot streak this past postseason, was a big reason why the Florida Panthers made their improbable run to the Stanley Cup final, to, only to lose to the Vegas Golden Knights. But $10 million tied up for Sergei Bobrovsky from the Florida Panthers. And number three, this one shouldn't surprise you at all. Probably would assume he should be the highest paid goalie maybe in the league. A little bit short of that, but number three is Andre Vasilevsky at $9.5 million from the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to tie that into UC Soros here in a second. Number four is John Gibson. Gibson has been a great goaltender in his day, but look at the big drop-off from number three and number four when it comes to cap hits. You go from Vasilevsky at $9.5 million down to John Gibson at number four with a cap hit of $6.4 million with the rebuilding Anaheim Ducks, who figure to be a little bit better this year. They got some young talent, and when you have John Gibson in net who faces a ton of shots, He's a workhorse of a goalie, just like Soros has become, just like Vasilevsky is, and just like some of those other uh, really good veteran goaltenders are out there. Uh, so Gibson comes in at number four. We can move on down the list eventually, but let me jump down to UC Soros at $5 million, all the way down at $5 million. That's why this is so important to look into the long-term future because Soros is going to get a major pay raise from someone, and you would – Think, oh, the Predators are going to invest long-term in UC Soros eventually. When is that going to happen? How are they going to find the money? What type of money is Soros going to expect? Is he going to be willing to take possibly a team-friendly discount because he loves Nashville so much? Certainly possible. That's what you hope for when this comes down the road eventually. So there's, there's that list. Pretty interesting there. To, have, to see UC Soros so far down the list, considering he's uh, in the Vesna Trophy conversation pretty much every year for the past two or three years, and he's that far down is pretty amazing. you got to think Soros is eventually going to crack through and win a Vesna Trophy. And so, yeah, i got to look into some outcomes here for you. The first one being going into the next two seasons. Will the Predators find a way to re-sign Soros to a long-term contract sometime in the next season or two before Soros even sniffs free agency? They just get it taken care of. 
They sign a big deal. For that to happen, you're going to obviously have to see some players go because you're looking at next offseason. You've got several free agents coming up next offseason. So if you're going to tie up money and Soros long-term, then eventually you're going to have to let go of some of these other players. It's just the way it works. I mean, maybe the cap ceiling raises a little bit eventually, but still it's going to be very hard for the Predators to re-sign Soros to a long-term deal, tie up that kind of money, considering what Soros is going to be due, and then sign some of these, re-sign some of these free agents. They're going to be free agents next offseason. Players like Yakov Trenin, who currently makes $1.7 million, going to need a pay raise probably to keep him, you would think. That's going to be a, one to keep an eye on. Um, another one, uh, you've got some fringe starters, Mark Jankowski, Kiefer Sherwood, Cole Smith. At least two of those three probably won't be back after this coming up season, you would think, especially if you're going to have to find every dollar you can to keep uh, Soros. And then Alexander Carrier, ooh, now that's a big one. That's a big one when you look into re-signing Soros and tying up money for Soros. Alexander Carrier is an unrestricted free agent next offseason, and he's making $2.5 million right now. So he would probably get a pay raise as well, even if it's a slight one, which would make it more difficult to find money to re-sign Soros. So it just comes down to how invested do you really want to be in Soros Long term, Kevin Lincoln in his his backup right now. He'll be a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent next offseason. So obviously, if you re-sign Soros in the next year, if that were to happen, then Kevin Lincoln is definitely gone next offseason, which I thought he would have been gone this offseason. So really, who knows? So that's one outcome. And I'm thinking Soros, if that were to happen, he gets a long-term deal, it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of at least nine million minimum to keep Soros for Soros to be willing to sign on to that deal. And you would have to give him a long-term deal for that money. I think Soros is going to get a lot of attention and is going to bet on himself and for the predators to be able to hold on to him long-term, they're going to have to give him that really long deal with some stability going into his prime at age 28. He's going to expect that. It, this is something that's probably not going to get done in the next year. This is something that's going to really have to happen uh, the season before he becomes a free agent. So that would be the next season, 2024-25. So that brings me to another possible outcome that, that this could all happen with Soros and the Predators, and that is the really dramatic one, which is Soros gets traded. And, of course, this past season – we saw these rumors start to pop up that Soros could be traded. We saw him linked to the Kings at one point. And it's all about maximizing your return if you're going to trade a player of the caliber of what UC Soros would obviously be. He is the biggest trade chip on this team by far of realistic players you're going to trade. I don't count Philip Forsberg or Roman Yossi, obviously, as players that you're realistically going to trade. I'm talking about players that could realistically possibly be traded. Soros is not a player you should just overlook as being possible trade bait for the Predators, and it's going to come up again this season. It's going to come up. When that trade deadline starts to creep up on us uh, next spring of 2024, 
you're going to see those rumors pop back up and it's really going to predicate itself on where the predators are at in the standings, obviously. And, you know, their ceiling is probably third place in the division, but their floor might be sixth or seventh. That's how uncertain this predators team is. I'm seeing predictions all over the board. Some people out there are really, really high on the predators. They could be a surprise team and that they could finish as high as third place in the division. Others, not so confident in the Predators, and they could fall back to sixth or seventh. So I'm thinking if the deadline approaches in 2024 and the Predators are a little bit of a disappointment and they're 10 points or so out of the playoffs and they're obviously not showing any type of uh, potential to go deep in the postseason at all, then it's going to be really hard to justify not listening to trade offers for Soros. And let me tell you, the interest in the market is going to be very high in Soros with only two years left at that $5 million cap hit that he still has. If anything, teams will be interested in Soros just as a one to two year rental, one year half rental, a playoff. I mean, you get Soros added to your playoff team and you're already a really good Stanley Cup caliber team, and you add Soros for that cheap of a $5 million cap hit. And yes, you're going to offer some really valuable trade pieces in return to Nashville. So keep that in mind because I could see it happening. I could. Um, it could happen the following season as well, although I feel like Soros's trade value is going to be maxed out. If you're going to do this, it's going to be maxed out this season at the deadline. Because if you think about trading him the following season, then Soros really does become a rental for whichever team wants him because then they're going to have to deal with the fact that Soros is due a big pay raise and then they're going to have to worry about negotiating for Soros long-term in that 2025 offseason. So really the time to trade him if this is going to happen is going to be this season, if it's going to happen in my opinion. That takes me to the last outcome and it's, it's the less dramatic one but it's still one that's going to get your heart pumping a little bit. And that's if the Predators decide to just take the uh, conservative approach of holding on to Soros for two more years because they feel like, you know what, this guy gives us the best chance to, to, to shock the world and do something special. If you had – the old saying goes, you get into the playoffs, you get a hot goaltender, anything can happen. The Predators got their goalie that can, that's more than capable to get hot at the right time. Just think about that uh, Carolina Hurricane series a couple playoffs ago. The Predators were huge underdogs. No one expected them to win that series. And the Predators managed to take it to six games against the Hurricanes in that series. And a big part of that was, was Soros was spectacular. So let's see where it goes. But if this happens... You are really, really rolling the dice on Soros wanting to be here long-term because whew, if, if he hits free agency in that 2025 offseason, you're really, really banking on Soros wanting to stay here. And I find Soros to be a really trustworthy type of player and a team-first player, and I think he's definitely loyal to the Predators franchise. But when push comes to shove – and you get a really, really good offer from a team on the open market that's much closer to a Stanley Cup than the Predators may be at that point, can you really expect UC Soros to say no in that situation? I could not expect Soros to say no in that situation. So 
Got to keep all that in mind. If you're asking me right now, sitting here in September, first week of September, before Soros goes into his eighth NHL season, if you ask me, the most likely of these three is that the Predators eventually re-sign Soros before he hits free agency, the first outcome that I talked about in this segment here. I think that the Predators are go- and new, new general manager Barry Trotz is going to show the ultimate – loyalty to Soros. And I could also see Soros taking a team-friendly deal when it comes to cap hit in return for more for more of a long-term contract. So if the Predators could invest like five, six years into Soros, which would take you into his mid-30, up to his mid-30s at that point, if you sign him for five to six years, and maybe take a little bit off the annual cap hit, you're giving Soros that stability with a long-term deal. He becomes your franchise goalie and goes down the same similar path that Pecorine went down. He's here for the long term. If, if Soros is here for another six years after these next two, so that would put him here for eight more years, he has a chance to break some of Pecorine's records. Yes, that could happen. Believe it or not, it could. So... That's what we have to keep in mind. Also, in all of this, if this comes true, well, all of you uh, big fans of Iroslav Askarov, the goalie prospect who, um, you know, figures to be Saros' backup for at least one year, you would think, but he becomes trade bait. And that's your consolation prize if you're trying to get something out of these goalies on the trade market. You trade Iroslav Askarov. He doesn't have as high of trade value as Soros does, obviously, but he certainly could get you something in, in, in the trade market. That would leave you with Kevin Lincoln in possibly as a backup for a little bit longer, or you just have to go out and find another backup. I mean, I don't want to just completely discount the importance of backup goalies, but in this instance, I think – that you can trade Iroslav Askarov, invest in Saros long-term. Hopefully he's willing to give you a little bit of a loyalty discount for loving this franchise, but he's still going to get paid, and he deserves to get paid. And if that happens, you've got your franchise goalie for years to come. You can check that box off. I just think it's way too risky to trade Saros, even if you do get a massive haul. Then suddenly you're putting all your chips in on – Iroslav Askarov living up to the hype that he has. And that is a big, big question mark. I know the scouts love him. I know that we all see great intangibles and great skill sets that we think are just going to keep developing. But there is no guarantee in that. There's way more guarantee that Saros is going to continue to be the franchise goaltender and even trend upward and be even better. I just mentioned earlier in this segment Pecorine didn't hit his pr- his prime and start his ascension until around 2010-2011, which was really only his second full season of full-time starting duty in the NHL. So Saros has got a big head start in his career, NHL career, over Rene. Rene started way later in his career, whereas Saros immediately came in and played a pretty significant role as Pecorine's backup. He was immediately put on a pest pedestal as being the heir apparent to Pecorine. So two completely, a lot of different paths here when it comes to Soros compared to Rene. And so Soros, I think, 
has already proven himself enough to where you can feel comfortable about investing in him long term. So that's what I got for you there on Soros and his future outcome outcomes with the Predators as he has two more years left on his current contract. All right, hit me up in the YouTube comment section below on what you think about what's most likely with Soros and the Predators after these next two years unfold. What do you see happening with all of that? All right, let's move along here and talk about another free agent that's still hanging out out there, and that is Phil Kessel. I mean, I don't, I can't think of too many players out there that no matter who you're a fan of, what team you're a fan of, you love Phil Kessel. And I know there's a lot of people in, in Smashville that love Phil Kessel. And so I know people are sick of talking about this because it feels like it comes up every year. Will Phil Kessel be a good fit for the Predators? But I think it's still worth talking about because he still remains an unsigned free agent, unrestricted. And he has already made it very clear, according to Elliot Friedman, just over the last uh, week or two, this came out from Elliot Friedman, that Phil Kessel is willing to, to take a much lesser role for the team that signs him so they don't have to invest in giving him third-line minutes or stealing away starts from um, younger players on the roster that you're more invested in for the long-term future. That can all be put to a side. I think it's important to remember that Phil Kessel, at this point in his career, can still very much help a team's power play. Guess who needs help on the power play? Oh, I think the Predators do. Um, you cannot dispute the fact that Phil Kessel will be able to get you some clutch goals and clutch moments. I think the Predators could use more of that. And Kessel is going to be cheap. I'm talking like $1.5 million maybe, around there at least. But probably about $1.5 million is fair. Sign him for a year. Kessel just wants to play. He literally just wants to play. He has a love for the game. He has, um, And he's going to be able to help and mentor the, any locker room that signs him. So at this point, Kessel could land anywhere. I think the more, more established teams that already feel really, really strongly about their Stanley Cup hopes probably would not see the point in signing Phil Kessel because they already feel really great about the roster. But when you're talking about these unknown and uncertain teams, like I feel like the Predators are, why not at least – entertain the fact of bringing in Phil Kessel. And if you brought in Phil Kessel to this team on the Predators, all that really does is push out some of these other players that are fringe NHL starters at best anyway. So Cole Smith is gone. Michael McCarron gone. Um, I mean, Dennis Garionov, you signed him this past offseason, but if you throw Phil Kessel into the mix – then I'm mixing Phil Kessel in and rotating him in and out with a player like Gary Onov. I'm rotating, I'm, I'm rotating him in and out with a player like Kiefer Sherwood. Um, no offense to Sherwood, but I'm going Phil Kessel all day. I just think he brings you more even at this age. But again, you're not if you sign Phil Kessel, you're not going to necessarily start him every game. But you're definitely going to throw him in there to see if he can rejuvenate your power play, give you some scoring depth. I think the Predators badly need that if they really want to take that next step forward and become a viable playoff team. they got to get some depth scoring. They have to. they got to start giving goal support to the to the foundational player we just spent a whole segment talking about, UC Soros. Goal support is so important. I think that if the Predators can start giving some decent goal support to UC Soros, Soros easily can win a Vesna. 
but he's taken all these losses because his goals per average is bloated a bit because he's just not getting the goal support he needs um, to, 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 to win some big games for the Predators. You need the Predators to be a playoff team for Soros to win a Vezina Trophy, first and foremost. So, Phil Kessel, I think that he could definitely come in and help this team. Obviously, the Predators can afford to be a little patient on this because it doesn't seem like the market is super, super hot right now on Phil Kessel, which is understandable. I think no team is, is beating down the door to go get him right now. But I think it could definitely happen soon. And just just to kind of give you some thoughts on on the latest news about Phil Kessel, let's go to TSN here. This is from just one day ago from Chris Johnston of TSN. He talks about how Phil Kessel is uh, definitely a player who is willing to take a decrease in minutes, not start every game necessarily. And from Chris Johnson, he says he's fine, quote, he's fine at this stage in his career taking probably not a big contract, and he's not expecting a massive role. I do think that will ultimately help him find a place, but who knows, maybe if push comes to shove, it's going to have to start with a tryout somewhere. So Kessel could even end up doing a professional tryout for a team like the Predators, maybe. Uh, Chris Johnson of TSN goes on to say he can still put up some numbers. I think he can still be of use of teams on the power play, but unfortunately time stops for no one and Phil's at the stage of his career now where he's going to be scrambling to find something. I think he ultimately will because his desire is so strong to play, but it's going to look a little different than even it has these past few seasons where he still managed to play every game in Arizona and in Vegas. Yeah. So Kessel just won his third career Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights, but didn't really play much throughout their playoff run. But even with that said, Kessel put up 30-plus points, was very was a very efficient player. I've already kind of made the comparison to a player that the Predators got this past offseason for almost $2 million more per year, and that's Gustav Nyquist. I mean, is Gustav Nyquist really $2 million better than Phil Kessel? Uh, if you look at some of the numbers, it would suggest no. Phil Kessel was a even at the age he is right now was a much more efficient point producer than Gustav Nyquist was this past season. So just keep that in mind. Uh, so let's see where it goes. I think Phil Kessel on your fourth line for Nashville, starting every few games, um, could give you a spark. And if nothing else, it's going to give you a big boost to the locker room. It's not going to be an expensive deal. It's not going to be a uh, risky, high risk deal at all. So. Keep the Predators in mind as far as being a possible fit for Phil Kessel when he ultimately does find a landing spot. I think it's going to happen. Uh, before the season starts, I, I think Phil Kessel is going to land somewhere, and he will go through uh, training camp with that team, and we'll see where he fits and how many games he actually gets. He's got the Ironman streak right now at 1,064 consecutive games. That does not count playoff games, just regular season games. But that is just hard to wrap your head around. Goes all the way. His streak started in 2009. In such a brutal and physically demanding sport, Phil Kessel has made 1,064 consecutive regular season NHL games. Why would you not at least consider signing a player with that type of toughness and with that type of experience, battle-tested experience, three Stanley Cups, is not asking for a significant role, but in key moments could still be a huge help 
to a team like the Predators. If the Predators were a team that 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 didn't have a problem with scoring and didn't have a problem with their power play and, and their issues were wide elsewhere, then I would say, you know what, we can go ahead and bypass Phil Kessel. He's not needed. Phil Kessel could actually be a very valuable commodity on a team like the Predators for their fourth line. So let's just keep that in mind. All right, tell me in the comments below and hit me up on Twitter X at Chad underscore Mitten or at Catfish Ice. Let me know what you how you feel about the possibility of Phil Kessel joining the Nashville Predators. Would that be crazy? Would that make any sense at all? Do you think that's just dumb? Let me know. I love to hear from you. Always interesting to talk about stuff like that. All right, let's move along here on Catfish on Ice. I'm going to tell you about DraftKings real quick. DraftKings is got a great offer for you right now because guess what? We finally made it. The NFL season starts this week with week one. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So this offer runs all throughout September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See DraftKings.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. That is DraftKings promo code THPN for our latest offer for you NFL fans as the NFL season is about to get underway. Fun stuff there. Excited to see that happen. All right, we got to move along here. It's episode 197 of Catfish on Ice. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Hope you're getting excited about the upcoming season and we just found out about the national tv schedule for the predators they've got 10 games across the networks of tnt espn hulu and espn plus 10 kind of in the middle there's a lot of teams out there who didn't even get one most notably the team that surprised me the most the calgary flames got zero nationally televised games could not believe that. It's mostly Canadian teams that did not get an, um, a national televised game. But the Predators coming in at 10, they're going to have two on TNT. They're going to have two, or they're going to have three actually on the main ESPN network. It's 
put it on the bottom of the screen there. Yeah, national TV schedule there. They'll play twice on TNT versus the Kings at home and at the Minnesota Wild. They'll play three times on the main ESPN network, including the October 10th season opener against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa Bay. That's pretty cool to see the season open up with them on national TV on ESPN. So a lot of eyeballs will be on them taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your other two main network ESPN games will be also against the Kings at L.A. And they'll welcome the Dallas Stars to Bridgestone Arena on ESPN. Hmm, Can't think of what that storyline will be like. But I'm assuming it's going to have something to do with Matt Duchesne. So there you have that. And then your other five nationally televised games will be on Hulu, ESPN Plus platforms. So there you have it. Ten games total. Not bad considering it's a smaller market team, a team that gets overlooked a lot. To get ten nationally televised games, including three on the main ESPN network, including opening the season on ESPN, is a pretty cool thing. I cannot argue with that at all. Um Looking at the national TV schedule, they're going to play the LA Kings twice, kind of or three times on national TV, actually. So not sure what the love affair is between the Predators and the Kings for the national TV uh, schedule makers. But there you have it. So you'll see the Kings three times on national TV against the Predators. And then you're going to see um, the Wild on national TV against the Predators. So you got yourself a good old fashioned division rivalry matchup there and you're also going to see the i think that dallas stars game is what everyone's really going to be interested in with matt duchene coming back to nashville that will be a good one to watch and then of course the tnt games i I really love the tnt coverage uh, of the nhl i think they do it the best so you're going to see on tnt the predators take on the kings uh, again and you're going to see them also take on the Minnesota Wild at the Wild. So, um, yeah, pretty good TV national TV schedule, if you ask me. Not bad at all. And uh, we'll see how it goes there. So, good stuff there. All right, let's wrap up episode 197. Really appreciate you listening. This is a quick one today. We're just getting one in. We're still getting ready for the new season. We wanted to get you a quick episode out. So, we hope you in, in, enjoyed it. We hope you stay safe out there and are getting your rest in because this season is going to be here before we know it. Can't wait for it. This has been your host, Chad Minton, uh, Catfish on Ice, episode 197, brought to you by DraftKings. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, and all of the podcast platforms. Hit subscribe on YouTube, and you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, X, and also Instagram, at Catfish Ice. Everyone have a great rest of your week. We will see you later.